All right. Notice what it says in verse 10 of James chapter 4. It says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? The title of my message tonight is that, Who art thou that judgest? Who art thou that judgest? Now, people often use this phrase to teach that it's wrong to ever judge at all. Okay, And I've showed you before, and I'm not going to go through it all again, there are more places in the Bible that tell us to judge than that tell us not to judge. There are some things we are supposed to judge, I did a whole series of messages showing things that, as a church, things that we are supposed to judge. We are supposed to judge certain things in certain areas. But with all judgment, with all judges, they all have a certain jurisdiction where they are allowed to judge. And when you step outside that jurisdiction and you judge, you now are out of line and it's inappropriate what you are doing. And so when God here is saying, who art thou that judges? This is not a command to just never judge, but it is asking a legitimate question that if you are judging something, he's asking, are you someone who should be judging this situation? And the, th and the truth is, we've got many people today who have declared themselves judges of things that they are, and get ready for this, they are unqualified to judge. There's a lot of people that like to use that term unqualified for people. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Not even realizing that the people that they are unqualifying, they themselves are unqualified to even judge that person in that situation. They are unqualified themselves. And you know what? I People, there are, so once again, we're supposed to judge some things. But when you get out of your area, you are out of line. You are unqualified. You are someone who should not be judging. And thanks to social media... We now have more judges than we have ever had on the planet. We have more than we will ever need. And a vast majority of judges today are completely unqualified to judge. And that's all there is to it. Now, listen, I'm not going to try to stop these people from judging. Okay? All the just millennials that would be offended by what I'm about to preach today and what... I am not going to try to stop them from judging. I know better than to try to stop them from judging. Some people today try to stop them from judging. would be like trying to stop them from breathing. Okay? They're not going to stop breathing. And they're not going to stop judging. But I do want you all to understand that when it comes to the judgments of another, when it comes to you yourselves and what you judge, that there are things that you are not qualified to judge. And therefore, if somebody is judging a situation or judging me, who is completely unqualified to judge me, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to it. I can't stop them from doing it, okay? Listen, we all judge things that maybe we shouldn't necessarily judge without even thinking about it, all right? Okay, it's not really my place, you know, to judge, you know, all the ladies' hairdos that are in here, okay? But, you know, if I see one that's really ugly, in my mind, I might judge and say, you know, that's hideous, okay? Now, am I qualified to judge that situation to where I could enforce, you know, a penalty on that hairdo, you know, and saying, you know, unless it's my wife or my daughters, I, I have no jurisdiction there. 
Therefore, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm unqualified to judge in that situation, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. Okay? But understand, if I do, and if I start running my mouth, and especially if I try enforcing my judgment, I'm out of line for doing that. And there's a lot of people today that are trying to influence, they're trying to get people to do things, and they have no business doing that, and you will never stop them from doing it. Okay? We will not stop these people from judging, but you know what? We can stop them from being an influence. We can stop them from uh, we can stop the, you know them from affecting us with their judgment. We can take it for what it is—a completely unqualified qualified buffoon running their mouth—and just not let it affect us one bit. And that's exactly what we should do. So, a few things I want to show you about judgment, and you know, to see if you are someone who is qualified to judge. Turn over to Exodus chapter two. I want to show you this. This is a very important thing to understand about judges. This is an important principle about judges that civilized societies have always understood, but yet our society today, they don't get it, they don't understand it, and they, they're completely out of line. But even back in Moses' day, before God even gave the law, they understood this principle. Look at this in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out and his brethren... And looked on their burden, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew one of his brethren. Now that's wrong. This Egyptian was out of line for doing what he was doing. But then it says, in Mo, and Mo talked about Moses, he looked this way and that way. And when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. What gave Moses the authority to go execute this man who was committing a crime? He had no authority to do this, but he went and he did it anyway. He took the law in his own hands. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said unto him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? Moses, he kind of gets lifted up. He's saying, well, I took care of business there. You know, I judged that situation. I was judge, jury, executioner. I seemed to get away with it. He sees two of his brethren fighting with each other. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go be judge in this situation too. And he goes in there trying to break these, this fight up, asking them why you're smiting one another. And, it's, and it, look at what he said. And he said... Who made thee, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Who gave you your authority over us? Now listen, civilized societies have always put themselves in subjection to other men in order to help keep the peace, keep them in line. They appointed judges. They've appointed magistrates. They've appointed, in our, in our day and age, when we appoint mayors, we like mayors or police officers, we put people over us to help settle our disputes and we submit to their authority. Okay? I preached a whole message on that last week when I was in Texas. You'll have to go online and listen to that one. I didn't preach it here. But society's always, always done that. So whenever Moses steps in here and he's trying to judge this situation, this man's saying, who, who made you a prince? Who made you a judge? Who gave you this authority? Why in the world should I listen to you? Okay, that's what, that's what he's saying. And then he says, Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedst the Egyptian? And Moses is feared, saying, Surely this thing is known. They obviously, had seen, somebody had seen what he had done, word had gotten out, and they're like, you know, what, made, what made you think you had the right to do this? You know, I'd like to see what would happen if one of us would see somebody committing a crime, us go tackle them to the ground, go handcuff them, and haul, and haul them off to the police station, you know, and, and then try to get them, you know, booked and fingerprinted and thrown in jail. You know, what do you think those police would do to us? Like, who are you? 
Oh, I'm Tommy McMurtry. I'm the pastor of a church. I, you know, I, I am a good man. I am a moral citizen. I do not have a criminal record. In fact, I've done some research on our police officers, and I have discovered that I am of higher moral character than all of you. I even have a better criminal record than some of you. And I'm just better than you because I'm a Christian and a Baptist. And I think I have the right to do this. You know what they're going to do? They're going to laugh at me. I'm probably going to go to jail. I will probably, they probably, they're not going to throw that guy in jail. They're going to throw me in jail because I had no authority. I was not given any authority to judge that situation and judge it the way that I did. I was not given that authority. And the truth is, you need to be someone that has been given a position as a judge before you're going to judge some things. And you know what? Most of the time, that's, we're not that person. Most of the time, we are not asked to be a judge. Now, listen, I believe if a person wanted to, if there was like two families in this church that were having some kind of dispute, if they wanted, they could go to court with the unjust, which I think would be inappropriate, or they could even ask maybe someone in the church, hey, will you judge this situation? And say, we both agree, we will submit to your authority, we will respect your decision. And then if that were to happen and you're the one they asked, then you know what? You are now qualified to judge that situation. Somebody asked you to do it. Somebody appointed you to do that, and there's nothing legally wrong with you appointing an individual to judge a dispute you're having with your neighbor. You could do that if you wanted. Okay? Now, if all of a sudden the other person decides, well, I'm not going to go with it because I don't like it. Now, you legally can't make them do it before, unless you go to, you know, the real judge. But you all see that judges are people who have been given the authority to judge. They have been the ones appointed to judge certain things. And just understand that if you're judging someone or a situation that you have not been appointed to judge, you are unqualified to judge that situation. Now, it's not going to stop you from doing it. For example, how many of you in, the, in this room judged that O.J. Simpson was guilty of murder? All right. So my hands. All right. How many of you were on the jury? None of you were. Now, now, did the state of California listen to any of our opinions on that? No, they didn't. You know why? Because we weren't asked. We were not the ones that were put in that position. Now, let, listen, all of America pretty much back then, and this is, that was a long time ago, but they all had an opinion on that, didn't they? They all made judgments, didn't they? But there were only certain people who were qualified, who were appointed to do that. So while we are all free as Americans to run our mouth and declare him guilty, at the end of the day, he did get declared not guilty by the people who actually were qualified, who actually were appointed. And so you know what? We just got to like it or lump it. That's all there is to it. And at the end of the day, while we are all 100% convinced that we are right, it doesn't matter. Okay, you all get that? Okay, and I want you to understand this too. Even if you're right, if you are not qualified, if you are not appointed to judge a certain situation, guess what? Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. It changes nothing. And the sooner you get a hold of that, the sooner you will just maybe stop just seeing yourself as the righteous judge of the world You'll stop seeing yourself as somebody that has to judge every situation and judge every little thing that happens on social media and in the YouTube world. And the, you know, you just, 
You just need to just move on, and you know you might be able to just get on with your life and actually have a life of your own when you when you figure that out. So you know, in America, anyone has the right as an American to run their mouth and express their own opinion. But you know what? You don't have the right to be listened to. You don't have the right to be respected in your opinion, and you don't have the right to be followed unless you are actually appointed a position. You have no you have no right there. So just understand when you're running your mouth, you're just speaking into the air. You're puffing yourself up with pride while accomplishing nothing. Okay? This is just a reality check. And and this is, you know, this is everybody, all right? There's a lot of listen, I judge situations too that I'm not qualified to judge. I run my mouth about things too. But you know what? I'm I, I understand, I'm humble enough to understand. That nobody cares, and that it doesn't affect a thing, and people just need to get all that. Some people can't understand it. So when you get bent out of shape because no one listens to you or respects your opinion, you just need to understand you are a typical product of today's millennial generation. You are just another narcissistic millennial. And guess what? We've got millions of you in this country, millions, and you are not needed. Okay. I'm not trying to be mean, folks. I'm just speaking the truth tonight. All right, this is just reality check, okay? And this isn't, you know, it's it's me too. I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else. So you need to be someone when you're judging a situation. You need to be someone that has actually been given a position as a judge. Otherwise, you're just blowing smoke. Okay. So second thing you need to understand too, you need to be someone, if anybody should appoint you as a judge, you should be someone who has a proven track record to be a, of being a reliable judge. Turn over, let's look what it says in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 in verse 1. It says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. And then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven thousand or seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And this is when they chose men like Stephen and uh, as the first deacons in the church. But notice how when they needed somebody to do certain work, they the congregation sought out men of honest report. They looked for people with a good reputation. They looked for people that had a good track record of already doing some of the things that they were going to need to do. And, though, and, and Stephen was one of the men that they chose. Men they, they wanted men that were full of the Holy Ghost. And the truth is, for a deacon, for example, one of the requirements for a deacon is that they first be proved. It says in 1 Timothy 3.10, and let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. So a deacon is somebody who has actually done the work of a deacon without the title. And he's proved himself reliable. He's proved himself a hard worker. He's proved himself somebody that you can trust and, do, and who's, has done the right thing. And the truth is, if, you're, if we're going to appoint somebody, if you're going to appoint somebody as a judge, or if you are going to even respect someone's opinion as a judge, it should be someone that has a proven track record. Now, everybody's got to start somewhere. Everybody's got to start somewhere. But the, but the truth is, if you are someone who's literally never judged anything, 
I mean, and you know who some of the most mouthy people in the world are? And I'm not picking on it. We were all there at one point. I was there at one point. But just single guys. They're the greatest judges in the world. They know more about how to control women and how to run women and how to keep their mouths shut than anyone else in the world. They know more about raising kids and disciplining kids than anybody in the world. And you know, man, I'm telling you, I, I don't know why I'm on Facebook. You know, I, I've, I've just gone against the advice with so much preaching by even being on there. And you see just some of the stupidity and just ignorance and just stupidity that's on there. And I'm just like, why? You know, why, why do I even, why do you even watch this stuff? And just the, it's amazing how many just punk single guys are out there that know a whole lot more about being a pastor than I do too. It's like, good night, man. You guys are so wise. You're so smart. Why don't I just step aside and just turn things over to you? You're going to get the job done way better than I'm going to get it done. But, you know, but the thing is, here's what blows my mind. These guys think that they should be listened to. It's like, what have you done? What have you accomplished? Where have you proved yourself? Oh, I heard Pastor Anderson say this in a sermon one time. Okay, then I'll talk to him about it. I'm not going to talk to you. You don't know anything. You have no experience in this situation. You know, go ahead and continue running your mouth. Nobody's going to stop you from running your mouth. Nobody's going to stop you from getting on your, being your little keyboard warrior yourself and going on there and talking about how hardcore you are and how much you know about everything. But just understand that people who actually are in a position of authority, people who actually are passing a church, people who actually do have a wife, people who actually are raising kids, think you're an idiot. People who are actually qualified to judge a situation all would agree unanimously that you are an ignorant moron. I'm not trying to be mean, folks. This is the brutal reality. And it's not that they're bad people. Listen, these people who are ignorant morons when it comes to some of these things I'm talking about, they're ignorant because they have no experience. Okay? And the truth is, when I was in their position, I didn't know anything either. But I sure thought I did. But here's the thing. While I had plenty of opinions when I was younger, I never sat around thinking, why aren't all these parents listening to me? Why are all, listen, when I was 20 years old, I thought I was ready to pastor a church. I mean, if somebody would have offered me the job, I probably would have taken it. I mean, I had plenty of opinions on everything, but you know what I never did? I never sat around thinking, why aren't these pastors listening to me? I never thought that. Now, part of it was I didn't have a platform. I knew that they weren't hearing what I was saying. But some of these guys, they get on Facebook or they make a YouTube channel or something. They make a video about something that's like, why aren't people listening to me? Because nobody should listen to you. You have no track record. You have, you've not proved yourself in any way. You've not done anything. You're just a man who has an opinion who is probably just parroting the opinion that you heard from someone who is qualified. And if all you're doing is being a parrot of someone else, then why don't we just listen to the one that you're actually parroting and not you? Because we would be a, we would be a foolish idiot to listen to someone who has no experience in some area. You know, don't come to me with your medical problems. I've got no experience there. I've got no credentials. I'm not, I've never cut anybody open. You know, I, I have no idea what's under that skin of yours. Anything that I do know that's under that skin of yours, I only know because someone else told me I was there and maybe made a diagram or something like that, but I've never observed it for myself. And I don't plan on ever doing it. I, I'm, not, I'm not qualified for that. 
But you know, some people, because they have credentials in one area, they often think they've got credentials in all areas. And pastors can be the worst at that. All these, all these years of pastors preaching like they're, you know, comparing themselves to the king of Israel and the high priest of Israel, all the years of them doing that has got it in their heads that they are just the final authority in everything. And I know pastors out giving people medical advice and sending people to early graves just because there's... If you want to come to me for medical advice, man, I'm good at referring... I'll just refer you to a specialist. And you know what? I won't even do that. I don't even know any specialists. I'm going to be like, man, go to the doctor. That's all I'm going to say. Because I, I don't know. And I've got my opinions on things. We want to start talking about dietary things? I can give you my opinions on things. You know how much research that's based on? Zero. But it's only, it's only based on my life experience. And isn't that what we all base everything on? Our life. This is what has worked for me. This is what I have done. And that's all I have to go on. And I'm only 38. I've got no idea what's going on underneath this skin that I might not know about that might take me out at an early age. I, I don't know. And I don't really want to know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, but yet I'm not so arrogant to just think, man, you know, I'm a pastor. I know the Bible and that, and that just all of a sudden, because I have a knowledge of the Bible, I've got a knowledge of all the medical books. No, I don't. So, you know, we, we've got, we've got to understand that. And you've got to go, you've got to go to people who have a proven track record as a reliable judge that's in their area. And some people have a proven track record of being unreliable. Okay? They're they have a track record of being wrong. So, uh, you know, there's a few examples of someone no one's going to listen to is the boy who cried wolf or reprobate or false prophet or infiltrator. Okay, there's always that guy out there that's always wanting to be the first one to peg the wolf and to peg the reprobate. And they're constantly, everyone's reprobate. I mean, just everybody's, everybody's reprobate no matter what. And it's just like, Listen, punk, all right, you all really, you only get so much credit in life, all right? You only have so much credibility. You realize you only can say cry wolf once for most people and be wrong, okay? Once you, once you cry wolf and you're wrong one time, remember the boy who cried wolf? He did it that first time. That you, Just on the second time, they didn't all come back, did they? You know, and the more you do it, the less people are going to listen to you. And it's amazing how many people are in the social media world, just young, arrogant punks, screaming wolf all the time and wondering why nobody's listening to them. And I can name some of these guys, too, that are in these Facebook groups and things that are always crying wolf, always crying reprobate, always crying false prophet and infiltrator. And then they get so mad when no one cares. And then whenever... A guy does turn out to be a false prophet. I see. I told you. Yeah, but you say everyone's a reprobate. Listen, if you call everyone a reprobate, eventually you're going to get, you're going to get it right. You call everyone a wolf, you're going to eventually get it right. But understand, anybody would be a fool to listen to you. You have disqualified yourself as a judge because you've got everything wrong way too many times. You should not listen to somebody who cries wolf that's always getting it wrong. You, you would be wrong. But what if they're right this time? Oh, well. You know, even if they're right, 
You would be foolish and you would be wrong for you to listen to them. You should listen to those who have a proven track record. Do not even be influenced by people like that. You know, this is another thing too. This is for the ladies. And I've went to church with these people. There's always that woman in the church that knew everything before it happened. And there's guys like this too. But this, this seems to be more of a female thing in my experience. But it's like they always knew everything before it even happened. You know, we had people in our church, when I was at my dad's church, they knew my wife was pregnant before she even got pregnant. You know, and they always acted like they had this gift. You know, but it's like, here's the thing. They always knew what was going to happen before it happened, but they never told anybody. Listen, everybody has 20-20 hindsight. Even a blind person can have 20-20 hindsight. Everybody has that. Just because, right? Now, everybody get this, okay? I want everyone to get this in the church. Because one of these days you might need it. I don't want to have to hit you over the head with it then, all right? Just because a thought crossed your mind, it doesn't mean you knew anything. Y'all understand that? Listen, we know how it is in this movement. Anytime a new person comes to the church, you know, we often wonder, could it be an infiltrator? It it crosses your mind with everybody. Okay? But at the same time, if six months later that person turns out to be an infiltrator, don't go around saying, I knew it. Oh, really? Why didn't you tell me about it? You knew this guy was infiltrating our church. You knew this guy was a reprobate. You knew he was a false prophet. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, No, you didn't know anything. That thought just crossed your mind. And this is why ladies always think they knew when someone was pregnant. Because when a woman is in her childbearing years, women, they always have just thoughts going in their minds. Their minds are always going, you know, a million miles a minute. You know, guys, we just like baseball, you know, just say that's that's kind of how we are. And so if a woman is in her childbearing, you know, years, a thought's going to cross your mind. Hey, I wonder if so-and-so is pregnant yet. And then one of the, you know, and while you were wrong, 15 months, the one month she finally is pregnant, I knew it. I've got this gift. No, you don't. Okay? Just because a thought crossed your mind doesn't mean you knew anything. And these people do. Because something happens that they thought could be a possibility. They now think, man, I've just like got this gift. I'm this wonderful judge. Everyone should listen to me. I mean, I, you know, I, I called it. You know, when Garrett Kirchway became, an, you know, turned out to be a reprobate and an infiltrator. You know, I called, no, no, you didn't. Where were you? Where were you when all this was going on? You know, some of the infiltrators that we've had, you didn't know anything. Yes, the thought crossed your mind, but some of you probably thought it about me. And the truth is, I mean, it's crossed your mind. I wonder if Pastor Tommy's a real thing. It is a, we all think things, folks. We all think things, but most of us are smart enough to just not go and run with that and go run our mouths about that. But when something that has crossed our mind comes to pass, it doesn't mean you do anything, folks. You didn't. So just understand this is not an opportunity because something came to pass that you thought could come to pass to declare yourself just this gifted judge that everyone should listen to. No, you just think about a lot of things. And, you know, we've all thought about things. But what's, what's impressive is when they call it beforehand. It's like we were talking about before church. You know, somebody brought up the 11-3 conspiracy. Is that what it is? November 3rd, something big is supposed to happen, all right? And, you know, I told him, I was like, 
if some, you know, supposedly Seattle's going to go down or some of the Space Needle's going to be destroyed, all this. Well, li- listen, I'm not going to pay any attention to that this week, probably. I'm probably not going to watch those videos. But let me tell you something. If next week the Space Needle goes down, I'm going to be like, guys, send me those videos. <laughs> hey, who, who, who was that that you were watching? All of a sudden now, they're going to be very credible. But the truth is, if the Eiffel Tower goes down tomorrow, there's going to be a gazillion idiots on YouTube. I knew it was going down. I called it. Really? Can I please see the video of that? Can I see something that was uploaded before that date? Oh, I said there was going to be a false flag. You know, people are saying that stuff all the time. Actually, but if, you, if they actually call specific on a date, I'll pay attention to them. They now have earned a subscription from me. Okay? But until then... I'm not going to pay attention. And you know what? These idiots that are out there that are all proclaiming November 3rd is the day something's going to happen. When nothing happens, you know what? They're not going to lose any subscribers. And they should. Robert, nobody should be paying attention to Robert Breaker after all the times he's predicted the rapture and it didn't happen. Why is it that these guys never lose any popularity after they declare this stuff? That's what makes them popular, you know, declaring all these things and predicting all these things. And it's amazing how they never lose any credibility after they turn out to be just dead wrong and look like idiots. Why, why is that? So some people like a judge who says what they want to hear. That's all there is to it. So, you know, some people, they all, they're, just, they're nothing more than the village idiot who's always ready to go on the witch hunt. Man, some of these Facebook groups, I mean, have you ever, don't confess this right now, but all right, you know, I grew up watching the old Frankenstein movies and all that, and there was always the village idiot that was the getting the crowd all riled up, you know, Frankenstein's working on something in that castle, we got to get out there, fight, you know, we got to, and there was always getting everybody all worked up and getting the torches and pitchforks and just ready to go kill somebody, and a lot of times they'd get Frankenstein, but sometimes they get innocent people. They're always just on a witch hunt. They're always ready to find something. There's a lot of these people in these Facebook groups. They're always just looking for the next reprobate. They're always looking for someone to throw under the bus, like just a bunch of savage dogs. They're always thirsty for blood. Well, it's been quiet in the new IFB. We haven't, you know, found any new reprobates lately, and so they got to make up one. Like they, they want it. They're thirsty for blood. These people, they make me sick. And listen, if you're calling everybody a wolf, you're eventually going to be right. But everyone would still be a fool to listen to you. You are just the village idiot. And get over it. And the village idiot always is very impressed with his opinion. And so are you. So just get over it. So the next thing, you need to be someone with some experience in the area you are judging. Okay? Now turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, folks, this just needs to be said. All right? this, this needs to be said. Some things just really get my goat. And this is in the qualifications, the qualifications for a bishop. And when we get to verse 4, it says, One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Okay? Now, I think this is, real, I think this is so clear it's not even funny. It's telling you here, that a bishop needs to be someone who has his children in subjection with all gravity. Okay? Now, we have an army of people in this movement 
that are all ready to disqualify pastors if they don't have two kids. And I do want to say I agree with that. But here's the thing about this army of people ready to throw pastors under the bus who don't have two kids. I will say they are qualified to judge that situation. If you see a pastor that doesn't have the two kids, you are qualified to judge that situation. But you know what gave you the qualifications to judge that situation? You know how to count to two. Okay? And I'm really thankful that this movement is full of people who know how to count to two. And you know what? I don't get why they want to show it off so much. I understand understand, people that are impressive in certain areas, maybe want to show it off. Somebody's really got a lot of muscles and want to just like to flex their muscles and things like that. But you know what? When you're wanting to flex your counting skills to two, that's weird. I I remember my kids when they're real little and they're learning how to count. They like to show it off. But it's amazing all these people in these Facebook groups. It's like some pastor services, some pastor preaches something, and it's like they got to go investigate them because they're going to be the qualifications police. And it's like the only thing they can ever figure out, the only thing that they ever want to bring up anymore is does he have two kids? Yeah. Now, why is it? Why is it that so many people are running to this two kids thing? Why are they so obsessed with the two kids things? And it is because it is literally the only qualification that they are qualified to judge. Because of the fact that they know how to count to two. Because why aren't they saying he's a novice? Because they don't know how to judge that. You know, why aren't they asking about all these other things that it talks about? I guess they can, they're, they're qualified to judge the husband of one wife because then they only have to count to one. If they can count to two, they can count to one. Okay? Now, why aren't they, why aren't they talking about these other things? Because they don't, they're not qualified. To figure out if that person meets those qualifications. Okay, but here's the thing. I, I actually believe this passage here, not just because I can count to two, but because I'm qualified to judge this situation. Because you notice what it says there. For it says, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? I have seen firsthand what it does to churches many times when a pastor who is maybe unmarried or who does not have kids, how he can often expect too much from his people. He, can, he, he often puts too much on them. I, it's like they're always wanting to have these revival meetings and things. Like they don't even realize, hey, what it's like to have to get up at 3, 4, 5 in the morning. And they're expecting their church folks to come to church every night during the week. And listen, maybe once a year, that's fine. But, you know, have some understanding and understand, hey, these people work jobs. Well, they ought to take vacation for it. Some people want to do something fun on vacation. You know? And the thing is, too, some of these, I know some of these guys, they have like four revivals a year. Not everybody's got four weeks of vacation a year. And they don't want to spend it all just, you know, so they can go to church every night for a week. And it's like, you know, they're always putting these things on. And, you know, another thing, too, I see a lot of these single guys that are out there. It's amazing what their expectations are for women, for soul winning, for all these things. Like, wait, you don't know what it's like to do it with kids. The woman that we had in this church, it's like judging everybody in the church. It's running their mouth about everybody in the church, especially ladies, because they don't do enough soul winning. It was a woman who didn't have a husband and who only had one kid. You realize she was not qualified to judge any mother in this church? She had one kid that was old enough 
to take care of himself in many ways. She has no idea. She was unqualified to judge. So when she ran her mouth, you realize, you know how much attention I paid to that? Zero. Zero. She's unqualified. Why would I listen to what she has to say? Yeah, she talks big. Folks, the single people all talk the biggest. It's the single punks that are always going around beating their chest, talking about how hardcore they are and how, you know, a pastor ought to have, I mean, they always have these super high expectations and super high qualifications. You know why? Because they've never done anything before. They don't even realize what they're saying because they've not, they're not qualified to judge that situation. They are not qualified to judge the qualifications of a bishop. They are only qualified to judge the one wife and the amount of kids. Because they went to kindergarten and learned how to count. So just understand, if you want to be that person and you want to come to me, Pastor Tommy, I did some research on this pastor and I found out he's not qualified. He doesn't have two kids. All right? I hope you're not trying to impress me with your counting skills. Because I have, Alana can do that for me. I can have Alana do that qualification you know, check. And so you know what? You look like a punk. When you're always running your mouth about that, and you're always bring, that's the first thing you want to bring up. You know what? Why don't you let the people who are qualified to judge qualifications judge those things? And you just keep your mouth shut. You know, nobody, nobody asks you to be a judge of every little thing. And you don't have to judge every little thing. It's, and it is. It's because, you know, because the Internet has brought so many people close together, you know, it does. We're, we're, we're all up in each other's business way too much. Sometimes judging things that we don't have any place to judge. And I just want I just want these people to know that I am not impressed. You you have no idea. Listen, these people are correct in following that principle, you know, of the two kids. They're correct in doing that. You know, it's it, it's spelled out in the Bible, but just don't act like you're impressive because of it. Don't act like you discovered this thing. No, you you know how to count the two. We're proud of you, but just get over yourself. But this has become the most important qualification. It's the most talked about qualification in this movement because we have a multitude of people who actually are qualified to judge that only because they're able to count the two. And folks, I just want to get it out there that that's the reality of the situation. And, these, and I, I just did it the other day on this Facebook post. They were talking about this little four-year-old kid preaching. I just just being sarcastic. I just got on. I was like, is he even qualified? Does he have two kids? <laughs> just, just, just being a moron. Because it rubs off on you sometimes when you see all these things. I, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm sick of this, folks. I'm not, I'm not impressed at all. So just because you have credentials in one area, it doesn't mean you have credentials in every area. And, you know, there are many doctors who, I mean, you know, they, they know a lot of stuff, but, you know, they have no business judging on mechanics. They don't know anything. They know all about my insides, but they don't know about the insides of my car. There's other people, they know all about the insides of my car, but they don't know about my insides. You know, Brother Menez, he's fixed a lot of stuff in my car. He's been pretty impressive. But I'm not like, wow, you really know how to work under the hood of that car. You know, I'm having some problems. You know, can you work under the, my stomach? No, yeah, all right. I've seen the tools they use in their car. I don't know if I'm using those things on me. But you know, it's not qualified for that. But yeah, people do. They're good at one thing, and they think they're just able to judge everything. That, that is not the case. God often gives people special gifts in specific areas. 
Okay, turn over to Exodus chapter 31. Let me show you this. And these are the people that we ought to look for in, in certain situations when it comes to, you know, needs that we have whenever we need, uh, if we need work done, if we need help with something. Look what it says in Exodus 31 verse 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning words, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones, to set them and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. God gifted these two men in a great way when it came to making things, cutting stones. Folks, I can't, I can't even draw a picture of anything. I couldn't carve a stone. I mean, I can't even make an a impressive mold with Play-Doh. But yet there are people today, they can take a rock and they can make a pretty impressive carving out of it, can't they? They can take some paint and a canvas and they can do some pretty amazing things. They're gifted in that area. Some of us can't do it. Some of us, we, we, we have no ability. That part, of, the artistic part of my brain does not work. It, it, it doesn't. I, I've tried. I can't do it. I'm, I'm not gifted in that. I'm not gifted in that area. And you know, we ought to search out for those people and you and take advantage of those that God has gifted in certain areas to judge certain things. And some people do. They know a lot in one area, but it doesn't mean we should trust them in everything. And, but yet the problem is some of those people who are gifted in the one area, they've just decided. They just know it all across the board. And that is just not the case. And people need to get over themselves. So before you allow anyone to be a judge in your life, you need to prove them. And we're, not, we're running out of time here. But look what it says. And, well, turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 38. Now this is a story where David's getting ready to fight Goliath. And you all know the story. Saul ends up giving David uh, his armor. And it says in verse 38, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he armed them with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not, or, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. David had not tested these weapons that Saul had given him. David, he's wearing an armor that he's not familiar with. He didn't know how he was going to maneuver himself. He was not ready. This was not something he was he was prepared for. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And you know what David did? David went out with what he knew how to use. David's like, you know, I'm pretty good with the sling and the stone, but that doesn't make me good with the sword and the shield. David went and he stuck to what he knew how to do. He stuck to what God had gifted him with. And he put off that armor. He got rid of those weapons that I guarantee you were better than the sling and stone David had. But you know what? David took what God had gifted him with, what he knew how to use, what he was familiar with. And he took that sling and the stone and he took care of business with it. And the truth is, before we you know, use somebody, we ought to have proved them. We ought to have tested these people out. We ought to, have, we ought to know a little bit about them. We ought to know some things about him. We shouldn't just blindly follow the loudest guy in the room. And that's who a lot of people want to follow. They want to follow the guy that's running his mouth the most. It's the loudest guy. They want to follow the guy 
who like seems like he's the most hardcore. Well, I'm trying to figure out how I ought to dress or you know, how, what kind of standards I ought to have. And they always want to listen to the guy that goes to the biggest extreme. Why? Because they, they, want, to, they want to beat their chest. Well, wait a minute. Why don't we listen to the guy who's actually done what he's doing for a while? Okay? But it's amazing how many guys that are out there, they've been saved for six months, and they're the most hardcore, most strict Christian in all the world. And they want to run their mouth about how everybody ought to run things and how everybody ought to do stuff. Listen, punk, you're going to burn out within two years. How about we listen to the guy who's been doing what he's been doing for 20 years? I think they might know more. Yeah, but he seems he's not as hardcore. But you know what? He's temperate in all things. He's somebody we can count on. He's somebody that's been tested. He's not just the guy that's just talking, talking himself up the most, running his mouth the most. You know, a lot of times the wisest people are the quietest people. A lot of times the people who have the most wisdoms are the ones who are saying the least. And and they're often the last ones to insert their opinion. But the truth is, most people, they're going to listen to the first person that opens their mouth. Don't do that. Listen to someone who's been tested. Listen to someone who's been around, who's actually done some things. Don't just blindly follow the last guy in the room. Don't just follow, don't follow the person who takes the most extreme, hardcore position. And typically the ones with the biggest mouth and with the most hardcore positions are completely unqualified to judge. They've never been there. They have, de- they have declared, when I raise my kids, here's my set of rules that I'm going to have up on the wall- chalkboard in our house. Who cares? You know, let's see the list of the person who raised kids. Oh, man, their rules aren't near as strict as mine. Oh, well, theirs worked. Yours won't. And by the way, you still don't have any kids. You still don't have a wife. So how about you just recognize who you are and where you're at and just don't judge. Who art thou? The judges. Nobody asked you to judge this. Do you realize how big of a moron you're making yourself out to be? Do you realize how off-putting you are? Yeah, well, I got 15 likes when I did that post. Yes, from 15 other single guys who have no idea what they're doing either. And nobody's picking on these single guys. Nobody is, nobody's mad at a single guy that has no clue how to be a husband and how to be a father. He's never done it before. I'm not picking on it. If that's you in here today, I'm not picking on you. We were all there at one point, but some of us weren't trying to tell everyone what to do. And if we did run our mouth for whatever reason, because we were Americans and because we could, we weren't shocked when they didn't follow us. And we weren't trying to figure out how we can prove that they're a reprobate. You know, we weren't going, you know, when we didn't like what the pastor was doing, we weren't writing letters to other pastors trying to get them to condemn that pastor for not being as hardcore as a person who is a woman with one kid and no husband. You know, she thinks I should, she's got different ideas about how I should be running this church. And when I don't care what she thinks, she's got to try to get me dethroned by who she thinks is the Pope. You know, think about that for a little bit, folks. Folks, only in America do we have this level of stupidity. And I credit it all to social media. 
I mean, social media has done a lot to dumb this country down. A lot. And I don't think there's another country in the world you can go to and find the level of stupidity that I see every day on Facebook. It's just, it, it, I don't, there's, folks, there's no way it existed. We would not still be here as a human race if the world was ever as dumb as this generation. This has to be the final generation. If the, and, folks, I, and I follow the Christians. I, I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about Baptists. And I, that's what I'm talking about right here. Folks. This has to be the final generation. This has to be what kicks off the tribulation. This Because there is no way that this stupidity can survive another generation. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how it goes down. But folks, understand, God does want us to judge things for ourselves. God wants us to prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. But we've got to understand our place, and we've got to be careful not to judge matters that are not our place to judge. Whenever we do want to, especially if you're going to be public on your judgment, okay? Now, if you want to practice at home with your wife and say, all right, I noticed Pastor Tommy did this. I think this was wrong. I think he should have done this. And actually express that judgment. If you want to do that with your wife or something, that's fine. Be careful doing it in front of the kids, you know? And then... You actually have a witness that you, you know, didn't just have a thought cross your mind, but you actually made a judgment. Okay, you know, then you know maybe you can impress her, you know, and she'll she'll be convinced, you know, that, that you're you know that you're a good judge. You know, go ahead and, and practice, but at the same time, when I don't do what you think I should do, don't get bent out of shape about it. I've known pastors that are out there; they'll write a book on a subject. And then they get angry at everyone in the world who now does not follow what they taught in that book. And I had to say to someone before, you realize not everyone's read your book. You, you get that? You, do you realize? It's like some of these guys, when they write a book, they think, everybody who writes a book thinks it's the 67th book of the Bible. That's, what they, that's, that's literally what they think. And then they, they're down on everybody. Hey, you said in your book, you learned this. At age 50, and now you hate everyone who doesn't, isn't where you were not a year ago? Hey, how about you just chill out? How about you understand you're not the pastor of the whole world and just stay within your jurisdiction and judge that? We don't have to judge everything. And, you know, and I've got people that they, you know, there's, whenever there's stupidity going on in the online world, they're always like wanting to make me a judge in that thing. I'm like, I, 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 recuse myself from judging this situation. I'm not doing it. The, the level of stupidity that's going on here is off the charts and I don't want to do it. I don't know if I'm qualified to judge that kind of stupidity. I think when we're at this level of stupidity, I think you got a better chance of getting a stupid judge. Because right? <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I, I don't want this stupidity rubbing off on me. But anyway, I hope, I hope this was a help. I hope you understand this. And just ask yourself, who am I to judge situation? Doesn't mean that does, or who, who art thou that judges? It doesn't mean you can't judge anything. We should judge some things, but they need to be the things that we are supposed to judge. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. I pray that this message will be a help to everyone. I pray we'll stay in our place. I pray we'll mind our own business. I pray we will judge the things that you said to judge. That we'll judge the people that you actually said to judge. 
And when it comes to matters that are not ours, Lord, we'll just keep our opinions to ourselves. And if we are asked to give our judgment, we will uh, try to judge righteous judgment. And I pray you'll, you'll bless everyone for it. In your name we pray. Amen.